You're here listening to the Claudia Varus podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Varus, your breakthrough coach. I'm a former high-performing corporate manager and tech turned professionally certified coach and business owner. This podcast is all about a real, raw, unsketched and fun perspective on all things related to our human experience. It's a space for us to slow down and talk deep. We cover real and raw stories alongside with practical key takeaways and tips on how to break through in your life. The intent is for you to start thinking differently, critically, for yourself, and with that, take aligned action for no one else but yourself. My mission is to cultivate more empathy in this world, to inspire positive change. And to do that, we have to start with ourselves first and learn how to cultivate empathy towards ourselves. That is why you are part of this mission. It's only through these kind of conversations that we inspire others to take aligned action and start to think differently too. So your task is to go and share this episode with or any one or two learnings and insights with two friends and tell them to share with two more friends. And let's create a positive ripple effect together. Let's talk real for a moment, especially today with a very, very special guest close to my heart, Camilla Walaszek, who is a professionally certified LGBTQ plus and life coach and who is helping people who are struggling with sexuality and identity to accept themselves and come out to their loved ones. Camilla, hello. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Full disclosure, Camilla and I are also related. (laughs) We are actually (laughs) cousins. We grew up together back in Austria, and it's just such a beautiful thing for us both to be in the coaching space we're focused we were focusing on kind of different things but at the end at the core is just to help people and so i'm just so thrilled for you listeners to get a taste of camilla's wisdom of camilla's energy and of camilla's incredible way on how she has been navigating through some very challenging things in her life but also how she's turning that into helping others so camilla First question for you that I'm very curious about that I'd like you to share with uh, the listeners is why do you help people who are struggling with sexuality and identity? Um, So basically (laughs) how it all started, it was, um, I guess, when my brother came out to the both of us at the same time when he was what 14 <laughs> yeah, he was 40, that was now 10 years ago no over 10 yeah, years ago 12 years ago 12 years ago yes yeah yes. but i remember it like it was yesterday yeah same here and at the time i didn't know what homosexuality even was like that mm-hmm. it existed i knew that it existed but i had no idea what what it was and what was going on um so fast forward i guess four years i then came out to my parents as bisexual (laughs) and at the beginning our mom wasn't really happy about this situation like growing up polish with like very polish way of thinking very like catholic and church 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 and everything um so it was hard at the beginning. Um, I lived already in Ireland at the time. 
And I definitely discovered myself at the time and I could be 100% myself and could uh, discover my bisexual side. Fast forward another year, I figured out that I'm not bisexual, but I'm actually a lesbian. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, first I really struggled with internal homophobia, which a lot of people don't know, but that's the first step of like accepting yourself is internal homophobia because we all have it. We all have to deal with it. We all live with it. Um, and it takes for people years to come out and to accept themselves. And yeah, and then I just found people here in Ireland in the community that showed me that it's completely okay to be gay <laughs> and now I just want to help people do the same for them okay listeners you can already hear Kika has gone through a lot throughout her experience, but now being here in this position of being able to know who she is and helping others to do the same. So a lot of things I want to kind of dissect based on what you've been sharing, Kika. So let's start first with interesting, you know, like your brother came out at the age of 14, you then first uh, came out to your parents at the age of like 18? Yeah, around-ish. Yeah. So how was the process for you to find your own sexuality? <laughs> That's actually a funny story because like, I didn't know, like looking back. Okay. So the thing is, right. Once you realize that you have a different sexuality, looking back at my life, the first signs where when I was five <laughs> mm -hmm. but at the time like I completely was in denial like internal homophobia was such a big thing for me because I wanted to I wanted to impress and I wanted to to fit this perfect picture that my head my parents painted for me and be like oh uh, marry a guy and then buy a house or build a house and then have kids and a dog and like the per perfect picture in quotes because that's how it's how everyone thought it would be right and then a few years after my brother came out it was actually at a party in my village when a friend came to me and she was like Camilla don't you think you might like women? <laughs> and I was like, no, only because my brother's gay doesn't mean I'm gay. <laughs> um, but that started to make me think. And that actually started the thought process in me to be like, okay, hold up. Is it maybe true? Do I have something towards women? Is there like a bigger thing there? And then I realized that, yeah, I am attracted to women. Um, yeah. And then I just like, I decided to go to Ireland as an au pair. And literally like a month before that, 
I was kissing a woman for the first time ever. It was like a surprise, like it wasn't planned at all. And everything that I was missing before with guys, it just, it just like was there. Like there was like butterflies and sparks and rainbows and, and, and everything that I never had with guys before. Mm. You've mentioned a couple of times internal homophobia. Hmm. Can you explain to us what that is? And well, let's start there. Let's just explain to us first what it is. Yeah. Well, the internal homophobia is like, the, so we grow up um, like as children, children, like they don't know what is wrong, what is right. And growing up, um, you have like all those movies and, and stories that are told to you or like books that are read to you. Um, where it's always man and woman. So it's then like, and like all the stories that everybody tells you is man and woman fall in love, man and woman is this, man and woman is this. So like, then you start internalizing it that that's how it should be. And then after a few years, when you realize, okay, maybe... I'm different or I don't have those feelings that people are describing in books and movies. You start feeling different and weird and, and sometimes start even hating yourself because you're trying to fit in. You're trying to be like everybody else, but it's not that. And then you, and that's called internal homophobia. Um, that's why it's so important that we have, LGBT representation in movies and books and in, in commercials for children or for grown-ups to know that it is okay and to not develop this internal homophobia. Mm. So it's essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, so internal homophobia is basically we get a social conditioning from the society around us of what is okay by you know the the clothes that girls should wear or the movies exactly. or the books and things like that and so subconsciously we develop um yeah a, a phobia around okay if i'm not that and i'm something else then something must be wrong and we develop like fear around that exactly it's like racism yeah. nobody's born racist Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, nobody's born anything actually. No, yeah, right. Nobody's born homophobic, nobody's born exactly. racist. And so it's like what the society kind of conditions us to. And so, how did you then, if you can give us an example from your own experience on how internal homophobia played out for you? Well, I guess it was really hard to accept myself at the beginning. Definitely. Especially in Austria, growing up in a village with 3000 people where like there is there is this female couple because they are a couple, but everybody calls them friends because nobody wants to admit that they are lesbians, you know, and like so many people in the closet, but you, you can see that they are different. It's just, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't fit, fit the picture that everyone is trying to paint for you. And, and then 
how I dealt with it is I came to Ireland. I wasn't restricted in what I was doing. And I also found my people, found my community. And Mm -hmm. for the first time ever in my life, I felt like I belonged. Mm. Like, Like, I know that I was different all my life, right? Like, I from primary school I changed schools to gymnasium instead of uh, Hauptschule like which is like a middle school because like even though all my friends went to the middle school I went to gymnasium because I just wanted the difference and then also to the secondary level I went to like this tourism school even though none of none of my friends went there and then same for college. I went to a college that no none of my friends went there because I never really felt 100% connected with people. Mm. Like the tourism school was the most. I felt connected with a few friends that I still have. But I never really felt like I arrived. Mm. I never, yeah, like, because we as human beings have this feeling that of connection like we love the connections and and human interactions and stuff and I never felt like I could really talk to anybody 100% about my feelings about all that kind of stuff and then when I came to Ireland and I walked into this drama group um, for lesbians and bisexual women and I just felt like I arrived home what made you go there to this drama club for lesbians? Um, <laughs> my first love, because like my first girlfriend, basically, uh, which I call my first love because I did have boyfriends before, but I never really felt the connection, like the big mm-hmm. connection that I did with her. Mm-hmm. Um. She broke up with me (laughs) and Mm. before Christmas. And then I just like, I never like uh, before her, I never realized what lesbianism is and all that stuff. So I then started to be curious and Googled um, about communities in Ireland. And I found this community in Cork, which is uh, lesbians uh, in Cork link. Um, they are advocating for lesbians and bisexual women in Ireland. And this is like an organization that is like in whole of Ireland and Europe unique, right? Mm. And I found them and I saw that they had a drama group. And I already started in a drama group in Austria before I left for Ireland. So I was like, okay, I want to try this out. So I rang my... Austrian friend that also worked in Ireland at the time and I was like come on let's go (laughs) and we did we did and it was scary AF Mm -hmm. but we walked in there and the first thing what happened was the director was welcoming us Sonia she was like welcome and then one of the women Siobhan she was like do you want tea or coffee (laughs) and yeah from then it just became a big family me in Ireland. And you've been now many years very active with them, right? With drama, but also like doing a lot of uh, NGO work as well, right? Like you do a lot of volunteering work as well, supporting yeah. the community, right? 
Yeah. Okay. So we're going to also put the link to link actually in the notes below. So listeners, if you want to check it out, check it out. It's I've met some of the people that are part of this group, amazing, beautiful people. And so if you're interested, just check it out below as well. You know, you've mentioned that it was scary as fuck, right? Mm. To go there. What is it though that made you overcome that fear and just take that step to go to that to that drama club? I think it was definitely my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think just stuff like this is easier to do with somebody rather yeah. than just by yourself. And that friend at the time, uh, Ellie is her name. She's Austrian and she's also a lesbian. So, but she's a lesbian, like, she knew already for a long time that she's a lesbian. So she was confident in herself. Mm. I, at the time, was what we call a baby gay. (laughs) (laughs) Baby gay meaning basically that just newly come out on you really realizing and you realized that I am a lesbian and no idea about anything no idea what's going on and yeah those people are called baby gays (laughs) so yeah it was definitely easier because I had my friend with me and because she was like at the end of the day she was like what do we have to lose (laughs) like let's just go in there and see what it what is it about? And if we don't like it, we don't like it. Mm, so support, the support system that you had around you. Yeah. Amazing. But also incredible that you actually ask for help, right? Because I feel like a lot of people that are in this situation that are questioning maybe the sexuality and identity, they're even scared to ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. So what would you say to, to these people that are kind of, questioning themselves or struggling themselves their sexuality and their identity they're just so scared to reach out for support and help definitely one big thing that i learned is that sexuality is fluid meaning it changes many many times Mm -hmm. sometimes it changes from straight to bisexual to to gay or lesbian or like goes back to straight like there's not you don't have to define yourself you don't have to put a label on you and be like yeah that's me now forever you can change as many times as you want because it's about you and your sexuality and not about anybody else Mm. so you know it's such a i mean it's such a freaking important topic and I know that there are like we both know everyone listening knows that there's just so much stigma around sexuality and i love what you said about the fluidity right of itself and the labeling of things now and i'm going to say something that might be a bit bold but i'm just very curious to think what you hear here is that do you feel like having having us labeling things right like i'm straight you know you lesbian she's bisexual bisexual he's whatever transgender whatever it is like have you maybe seen that over the course of the years as this topic also became broader and you know people are speaking out more as well that this 
might have also created polarizing conversation and as well like more conflict rather than acceptance um i think so basically what labeling does is for people to not feel different anymore but like mm. for example like i read an article recently like that sam smith they are non-binary that they struggle the whole life to like fit in the picture and fit in one yeah. box and stuff like this right and then they found the term non-binary and we're like oh my god this is me so on one side you have all those people that are struggling to find out who they are and what they are because they want to belong to a group and and love the labels but when it comes to like the other side of it were like with harassment especially towards the transgender like mm -hmm. uh community at the moment um in america or even in ireland what is going on I just think that people are afraid of change and people are mm -hmm. afraid of the unknown. Mm. Like at the very beginning when I came out as a lesbian and like, you know, started to figure out what I want, what it's going, what is going on in my life. Like I didn't understand what transgender was at all. Like mm. I was like, okay, what is this? Like, what's going on here and i was like at the beginning i was like kind of stepping away from that because it was like okay i don't know what's going on but that was my own fear of the unknown mm. and then i met those incredible incredible transgender women uh chloe and jamie and chloe was also uh, my housemate for a while and I just learned so much. I learned so much of what it means, of the feelings behind it, of, you know, like a, a transgender person is basically a person that was assigned a gender at birth, but doesn't mm. identify as that gender anymore. Mm. And I know for myself that sometimes I felt more like a boy like growing up I felt mm -hmm. more like a boy playing soccer like I know this is very stigmatized but like I did like I, I preferred to go into the garage and work on cars with my dad than go and play with Barbie dolls mm. do you know that kind of way so I just really think that it's a fear of the unknown and the fear of change but like once you get to know those people like they're just people and all they want is is the same rights as everybody else. Mm. Fear of change. People are afraid of change. And, you know, it's, it's just so interesting that the more we speak about it, the more awareness we create, yeah. which is amazing. At the same time, there's just so much hate happening everywhere, you know, both ways, right? Like, uh, there, there's just like this whole conversation around, right? The let's say the the LGBTQ plus community feeling offended by other communities and then the other communities feeling offended by by this community as well. And it's just like, when when is the labeling in your perspective? I'm just curious to know, like, when is that labeling, that assigning of like, this is my identity and I don't 
I'm not open to hear even anybody else's opinion about that. When is that going too far in your opinion? Well, honestly, like, in my opinion, everybody, like, I don't know, it's just, like, I really don't understand all the hate around it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, it really annoys me because I'm like, what is the problem yes. with how I live my life? Like, what is it to you, what hey. I do behind closed doors? Or not even behind closed doors. Like, so many years, it's, like, accepted that men and women walk hand to hand on the street or, like, have a kiss. So, like, why is it not okay for us to do that, do you know? Mm -hmm. But what I think is also it all has to do with generations and, like, learning from the parents and the grandparents mm -hmm. and the parents learning from their parents and so on and so on. And, like... It also has a lot to do with, I think, when it was decriminalized in specific countries. Mm. Like, if you think about it, like, France, for example, was the first country that decriminalized um, homosexuality, yeah. which was in 1791 or something like that, right? And then on the opposite, you have the U.S., where the where the the homosexuality was only decriminalized in two thousand three, yeah. So that's like three hundred years later. Yeah, <laughs> almost. See, yeah, exactly. And you see, so the the next question that prompts this is like, where did this decriminalization or discriminalization of this even come from? I don't know. Church. <laughs> it's just because it's different. I think it's it it has a lot to do with religion. Yeah. I guess back in the day, but like. There is proof of the first homosexual activity, like in it, like dated back to the ancient Greeks and Rome's. Yeah, like exactly. There is, yeah, there's pictures and vases where guys, like men, are kissing on like those vases, like 430 before Christie, like. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly that's exactly my point. Like it, it, it was criminalized, but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It probably happened like all along since the yeah. existence of, of where we are. It's just that it's again, I feel like this labeling thing of like, oh, this is not good. This is bad. Whereas in fact, nothing in life is really good or bad. It's just the meaning you give to it. Right. And so it's just like it's just it, it just really blows my mind to think about that even though it was a criminality in the past, maybe, and even in some countries it still is nowadays, it has always been happening anyways, right? And so, like, it really makes me think about just because it was criminalized doesn't mean that it didn't happen. In fact, it, there are many stories, as you said, from, from back then, from kings, from queens, like all of this, that they were fluid in their sexuality. In fact, they didn't label themselves. Yeah. And so... Okay, I think we could go a whole a whole other episode about like all of this, right? Where this is coming from, because this is just such an interesting topic. Yeah. I am I am wondering of like someone, like what would you say to someone that really wants to find out for themselves who they are in terms of their sexuality? How can they get started to find the answers? 
Well, to be honest, if like if people are not at the point yet where they are um, strong enough to ask for help, or it doesn't mean like just don't feel like they can ask for help yet, is just to take a deeper look into their own lives. Like, mm -hmm. for example, when you watch a movie, who are you more attracted to? Like, are you more attracted to, like, for example, like Germany's next top model? Are you more attracted to the to the to the models, yeah. <laughs> or are you more attracted to like Channing Tatum in some kind of movie? You know, mm -hmm. I think I think one of the first movies was like. What was it? Step dance or something like? Oh yeah, that? step up or step dance? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, step up. Yeah. And like everybody was so like, oh my god, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum, and I was like, oh my god, this woman. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, and like those kind of things were like, are you more interested of the women talking, or are you more interested in the men talking, or in both, or in none? Like mm -hmm. there's also the thing this this thing called asexuality where people just don't have any sexual attractions to people at all mm. do you know it's like i don't know like or maybe for now there's an amazing uh, netflix uh show called heartstopper where there is all about gay lesbians transsex transgender uh, asexual and maybe with those kind of things to be able to not necessarily label yourself but at least figure out in what direction the feelings mm. go yes and at what point would you then recommend for someone to ask for support i think um it all depends on the person itself but i think with the internal homophobia I think that's the biggest thing to overcome. Mm. For some people, it can take six months. For some people, it can take 10, 20, 50 years. Like, I know people that are, like, I know a lesbian couple that they are together since they are 15 and they are now 65. But I mm. also know a lesbian that is only 55 and only came out recently because she was fighting her internal homophobia so long that she just didn't have what it take for the took to 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 accept herself mm -hmm. and also again it all depends on like how you grew up and and how much exposure you had like it also the big thing about internal homophobia is also the comments from family and mm -hmm. and friends mm -hmm. like if somebody in your family is like oh look at them that's not okay as a homophobic as a, as a uh, homosexual couple then the internal from homophobia is just growing and growing and growing mm. so i think that's the biggest thing is when the internal homophobia screams no that's not okay but your brain is like but there's other people out there like why is it not okay for me but okay for them i think that's the moment where we'll be like okay let's 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 talk to somebody about this let's figure something out and let's start doing it. Because what I really, like one of the things I really hate is for people to feel stuck 
mm. in the internal homophobia for years and years and years. Mm. I know from my own experience, it took me three years to come out to my parents. Like, mm. and that's only because I, I, I saw how they reacted with my brother, <laughs> mm. you know? And I just hate for those people to feel like they're alone because it, it feels very alone and it feels very lonely because it's like you are surrounded by all those people that that maybe have made one comment that wasn't okay, but that was like three years ago, but it's still spiraling in your head, even though they don't think like that anymore. Do you know, it's all, oh yeah, it's it's just that being stuck with this internal homophobia for years, that's 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 what I want to stop and I want to resolve for people sooner and faster. Mm. How would you describe in one word the moment you came out to your parents? In one word. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know this is a big one. But yeah, in one word, the first word that comes up for you here. Scary. Yes. What was scary about it? Oh, everything. Everything. How would they react? What would like I didn't like I did it in a way that probably like nobody should do because I texted my mom. <laughs> I was in Ireland and they were in Austria and I just texted my mom and then my mom rang me to talk to me about it and I just didn't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was scared. I was like sweating. I was super anxious, like anxiety through the roof. I, like I felt sick. I felt nauseated. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then... To my surprise, they reacted better than expected. And then that feeling was overwhelmed, overwhelmed with emotions, positive, negatives, overthinking, all of the stuff. It's it's hard to describe. It's really, really hard to describe because it's there is nothing else like it. There is nothing else like coming out to your family and friends and 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 just do that step because it's a really, really huge step. Yeah. Like that's like like the internal homophobia is the first step. And then coming out to everybody else is kind of the last step. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you know? Yeah. <laughs> how how can that step to then come out be easier for people? Definitely by well, first of all, obviously, accept oneself. Like somebody yeah. has to accept themselves first before, like telling other people what's going on. But I think one thing that I also noticed um, or realized uh, in the last few years is, like, for people, it takes years and years for people to accept themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And then when they come out to their family or their friends and they don't get the reaction that they expected is in positive reaction. It's like, okay, but it took you, let's say five years to accept yourself. 
So why do you expect from those people to accept you like this? Like, even though we live now in a day where it should be normal and, and there shouldn't be any negative, shouldn't be, right, in quotes, uh, any negative feelings about it. But at the end of the day, it's, again, all how you grew up and what community you grew up in, what surroundings, like religion, um, it always plays a factor. So, like, if, for example, a Catholic, a really deep Catholic mother or father doesn't accept you straight away doesn't mean they won't accept you further down the road mm. because at the end of the day you are you like it's there's nothing wrong with you um you are the same person who you always were it's just there's a different sexuality to you but that doesn't change your character that doesn't it, all it does is it accepting yourselves makes you even more confident, makes you even more yourself. And it's just one of the most, if not even the most amazing feeling that 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 you can have is to accept yourself and just become the person that you are always that you were always meant to be. Are you at a stage where you can say that you hundred percent accept yourself? Yes. Mm. I like maybe not 100% because, you know, like <laughs> triggers and like past stuff. <laughs> I also have my baggages and like and stuff, yeah. but I'm working on it. Like in my sexuality, 100%. Mm. In my sexuality, 100%. I am now engaged to an amazing, amazing woman. She's and, amazing. <laughs> and it's just. I'm I'm happier than I've ever been in my life just because I'm living my authentic self. Yes. There is just literally nothing more liberating than living the life the way you just want to live, no matter what it means for everybody. Yeah. So how can everybody, okay, so really everyone, doesn't matter sexuality, how can everyone work or contribute to make a change when it comes to the internal homophobia topic? Just educate yourselves. Mm. Like, if there's something that you are like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, just read up upon it. Like, <laughs> there is so much information in the internet at the moment about everything LGBTQ+. Just, just read up what it means because again, people are afraid of the unknown. So if they don't like something, they're like, "Oh, I don't like this." But it's like, why don't you like this? Is it because somebody told you that it's not okay, or because yeah. you made your own decision on, "Oh, that's not okay"? Mm. But also, who are you to define what's okay and what's not okay for somebody else? Like, if you're not in the lgbt plus community what's your reason to judge other people how they live their life mm. it's almost like getting really rid of this judging everything and everyone all the time and i don't know maybe it's in some cultures this this whole judging thing is more present than in others 
but especially when it comes to like sexuality and letting just people live the life that they want to live like mm. as you said at the beginning who cares like who cares whom you love i mean your parents might have a picture let's just remember that your parents as well not just like your parents like are, are all our parents they grew up in their own environment with their mm. own perception of life and what they've been told to right and so you are now in this in this path or in this life to decide whether you want to take on that perception of life and the world or whether you want to do break that cycle and just create your own path right exactly yeah and so now in your work because you've been volunteering for such a long time kika camilla so you see i was i was hoping that that's not gonna happen i call camilla kika in our private life like my whole life since we <laughs> each other since kids i call camilla kika and so just just that you know, dear listeners, not that you think like, what am I talking about? <laughs> so, Camilla, <laughs> what, um, I'm just really wondering from your experience, like what is one thing that you wish you would knew earlier about sexuality? I wish that I was exposed more to it. Mm. Like, like, I really hope that like, in a few countries, they already do that. Like in Ireland, for example, they teach in schools already about sexuality. But I really hope that more and more countries do that as well. Mm. Where as a young age, you just like see that there is LGBT people out there. Like it's not putting like some stigma on somebody or like some like you don't tell kids oh you might be gay or something like that but just mm. show them that there is other ways that it's not just black mm. and white right yeah. but it's also rainbow colors <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, yes and that goes back to the fluidity piece and i really love that camilla because it, it's like with every single thing in life, nothing is black or white, essentially, right? It's the same with people in, you know, in, in careers, they think that this is my career and I'm this person for the rest of my life. No, you get to be many different people. And it's the same with sexuality. You get to explore, you get to try, you get to experience if that's what you want. And so that comes back to this, <laughs> you know, not black and white, but just like there's, there are rainbow colors in between. Exactly. And all the colors and all different flags like everything it's just mm-hmm. yeah just the exposure and talk to your kids about everything that that it's okay like even even if there's kids that are still bullying lgbtq people you know when pe- when grown-ups when parents would educate their children from a very young age that Yes, there is lesbians, there is gays, there's transgender people and everything in between. Then there wouldn't be any bullying because it would be normal from the beginning and not just that they have to learn it at uh, other like as grown ups. Like, as I said at the beginning, I didn't know what homosexuality was when my brother came out to us. I didn't. Like, I was like, what? what? What is that even? Do you know? And, like, wishing now, I was, like, yeah. But, like, watch movies, read them books. Like, even though there is not a lot of out there yet, which mm. hopefully will change in the f- next few years, but just make it okay. 
Yeah. At least not let's not make it bad. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's the same with racism. Like Yeah. Don't exactly. tell people that that people of a different country are bad. Like that's yes. Who are we to decide that actually, right? So yeah, it's, exactly. it's like, yeah, it comes back to this. It's like let's just let's do our biggest effort that we can as as people, as human, to just not label anything as bad. Exactly. When it comes to yeah. Yeah, who are you to decide what's bad and what's good? Exactly. And even on a societal scale, like at some point, even the criminalization of homosexuality back then, right? Like the, it must have been one person as well that kind of was leading this idea, right? So it's not like someone like suddenly hundred people or like whatever, a million people woke up one morning and they were like, oh my God, we're going to criminalize homosexuality. It all comes from somewhere. Right. <laughs> and so this is like the hope as well that, that I have related to that topic and other topics is like, it was that way because there was a movement around that. And now we also have the power with us collectively to not at least make things bad, to mm. just change the movement to something more, let's say, empowering and something more open, right? Where we can have these conversations without making people feel better, without anger, without hate, but instead with just empathy and just like, okay, you do your life and that's it. There's nothing bad about it. Exactly. Live and let live. Live and let live. Kika, Camilla. <laughs> Kika, Camilla, uh, what, so to, to conclude um, our conversation today, I mean, obviously it's such a broad topic and we could go on in many different directions and dive deeper into certain aspects. Maybe we will in a couple of episodes moving forward. And to conclude today's uh, episode, uh, Camilla, I'm wondering like, what are the three key takeaways that you would love the listeners to take away when it comes to sexuality and identity? First of all, internal homophobia is a normal thing. Mm. Everybody goes through it. Um, and doesn't matter how big, how small, even if it's just a thought in the back of your head or like really imprinted in you for many, many years, it's normal. Everyone goes through it. Mm. Second, sexual identity and gender are fluid only because now you are maybe bi curious doesn't mean that in 10 years time you might be lesbian or maybe mm. pansexual or you know doesn't matter um it's not you don't have to label yourself in a way that okay i'm a lesbian now forever and that's forever no yeah. it's like you identify now as a lesbian or something else, or you don't identify as anything else, or any don't put any labels on yourself. And the third one would definitely be, even if you have like one doubt about something, instead of putting a negative feeling on it, just educate yourself. Mm. And and learn about what you don't know. Like if you say, oh, I don't know, transgender isn't for me, or like I, I have negative feelings about those people, like just educate yourself what it actually means. Like there are so many people out there that don't know what cisgender means. Mm 
and even though it's just literally this the name so cisgender is um the assigned gender at birth that you still identify as so i'm a cisgender woman but i'm a lesbian Mm. so yeah educate yourself Beautiful. So internal homophobia, fluidity, and education. Yes. Amazing. Camilla, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of these things. It takes great courage to, to do what you do. Well, first of all, it takes great courage to say yes to yourself and to live the life that you want to live authentically. And then on top, it takes even more courage to transform that and help others that are going through something similar. And I really believe that this conversation will help people think differently, which is number one, to become more aware, number two, to start reflecting and thinking more about themselves um, mm-hmm. and about how things work, because just how, the way how things work doesn't mean that it's the, 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 right, the right way, essentially. And also to know that people are just not alone in what they're going through. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really believe that the work that you're doing is literally changing people's lives. And so I'm just super excited for you to get out there. Uh, you're just right now, you've started with your business. You are already smashing it. You're already getting out there. And so people come and check out Camilla on Instagram, on her website. I put the links in the notes as well. And we really hope that this conversation just activated you to reflect and think differently for yourself. That's all. Exactly. Amazing. All right. Closing tradition. Let's put our right hand on our tummy and our left hand on our chest. Stick in a breath through the nose and exhaling through the mouth, knowing that everything that you literally want, need or desire is exactly right here where your hands are. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Camilla. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.